is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We are back live across Michigan Hour number three on a Michigan High School Athletic Association Wednesday. Mark Ewell, Executive Director for the MHSAA in studio. Huge week. Start of the high school football playoffs. Soccer has some unbelievable drama happening all across the state. And for the first time ever, all the state soccer championships on the boys' side will be at the same location in the fall in beautiful Grand Ledge, Michigan. Home of Preston's Bar. Give a shout out to Lanny, Vic, and the crew. The Grand Ledge guys. That's the Grand Ledge guys. And Grand Ledge High School's in the playoffs. Football too, aren't they? They are. Yep. Yeah. They get a really solid athletics department. They sure do. Yeah, great facilities. So you guys, is that November? What's that Saturday? First Saturday in November, yeah. First Saturday in November, and that is... All four state championships in one location. November 4, right? November 4. There you go. Good job there. I like that one location. You really kind of saw that come to life with what you do with soccer, softball, and baseball at Michigan State, right? Yes, and uh, only <laughs> weather's a lot better at Michigan State in June for girls soccer and baseball softball. But no, we'll keep our, our fingers crossed that we'll get uh, good weather that first Saturday in November. Well, with the way high schools are going and you see what's happened in Texas, how long before... Somebody, you know, you're seeing some schools are already building indoor facilities. A lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them are. And what's next? The indoor facility with bleachers where you could play games, especially soccer, lacrosse. I'm not saying football, but some of those spring sports could uh, play games instead of going out uh, when it's 31 degrees and the wind's blowing. Absolutely. You know, actually, our UP schools are ahead of us here. There's a lot of UP schools that will actually go into the Superior Dome up in Marquette in March and April, and they have weekend softball tournaments. So they play inside the Dome, and ceiling's high enough to where they can set up a full field, and it's real softball. It's... uh, Really a neat thing to see. They do baseball in there? or They don't because, you know, baseball, you need bigger dimensions and just the way the bleachers A little bit more set. damage, too. A little bit more. Yeah, foul balls and soccer. But a lot of UP schools don't have soccer, correct? No, but now with them being part of our statewide tournament, and so the the federal court um, got on board and, and they allowed us to make it. And, and with uh, Communities for Equity's help, um, we have a statewide soccer tournament for the first time this year. And we actually had two UP schools win district championships in soccer, Marquette in Division Two, and uh, Kingsford in Division Three. And so they both lost last night, uh, the first round of the regional. But that was pretty cool that uh, had two UP schools uh, win district crowns this year. I bet you're always going to MHSA.com during playoff time and checking uh, what schools are advancing, what stories are there. There could be that school where you haven't seen their name 
uh, that deep into a playoff that catches your eye at MHSA.com. Am Abs- I correct? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, my staple is every Friday night to jump on the site and go through every score in the state. Uh, no, Do you really? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, sure, and you know a lot of places. But you mean, know, you know every, you know people there at you know, all these schools. You right? know people everywhere, and you know that you know this school is a new coach, and my gosh, their new staffs having a lot of success. And you know, I used to coach at that school, and let's see how they did tonight. And no, and and it's really a, a neat site because you can go there and literally scroll through every score in the state in a matter of minutes. So uh, pretty slick. Yeah, MHSA dot com. Who's ever handled the upgrades? Uh, job well done there. You can see all the brackets for. Uh, the brackets in progress for soccer and other fall sports, uh, those that have finished, those that will finish, uh, all the matchups for all 10 divisions in the high school football playoffs that begin this weekend, go to MHSAA.com. I'll get your thoughts on uh, the House bill approved for NIL at the high school level. I know we've talked about it previously on the show. But just you as a administrator, leader, man in charge of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You mentioned that there's been the one drone thing, but not a lot of rampant sign stealing. None. 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 Zero. And and at least what I hear from Deion Sanders or, you know, Quinn and these players are saying, and coaches, it's not that big of a deal, but it is a big deal right now. I mentioned warming up on the hot seat, you know, Jim Harbaugh, some say the punishment at the end will just force him to go take a NFL job away from any allegiance, anything for you as a guy in charge, as executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, with what you know in this story, hypothetically speaking, from what you've seen, what you know, what would be your take behind closed doors? So... I'll put on my my college football hat. So my my hobby for the last one of my hobbies, um, I don't have normal hobbies, Bill. I don't hunt. I don't fish. Um, I like to play golf. I don't do it very well. But other than that, um, my 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 focus is the day job and my two hobbies is I've been very lucky to be very involved in both uh, the college baseball and the college football worlds from an officiating standpoint. So for the last 20 years, my fall hobby has been working quite closely with the MIAA, was an on-field referee, and so I have to know the, the college football rulebook inside and out, and now uh, I help them with some of their officiating administration. The rules about using electronics in scouting in the football rulebook have no penalty. So what everybody's discussing right now, um, where it talks about, you know, you're not able to, to scout off campus and you're not able to use any of these electronics or the information in game. Um, those are rules. There are no published penalties. So what and I don't even know who, who's going to make the ultimate decision. You know, everybody says, well, the NCAA is involved. Well, I'm, I'm sure your listeners are smart enough to know that the NCAA has nothing to do really with postseason football. Uh, the college football playoff is run by the college football playoff. It's a separate entity from the NCAA. Um, the NCAA has nothing to do with the bowl games. Um, and really, to be honest, other than eligibility issues, the NCAA really doesn't have anything to do with regular season play. So I think that the key questions here is what, what could the Big Ten do 
When there there is a policy or a bylaw, and again, we don't know all the facts yet, but if a violation did occur, well, what's going to be the penalty? Because there is no defined penalty. You know, we all know that when somebody holds in a football game, what's the penalty? It's 10 yards. Um, yes, there are, are, are restrictions in place, but if a violation of that happens and there is no published penalty, then what do you do? Does it, it now go based on other violation history? Does it go based on the information that you have? Does it go based on, you know, who knows? And don't forget, you have brand new leadership with the NCAA, a brand new director. You have brand new leadership now in the Big Ten Conference with a brand new commissioner who's been on the job now less than a year. And, uh, you know, how do all of these things play out in light of the college football playoff? This is this is uncharted waters because a lot of these issues, Bill, are not. The, the great thing about sports is everybody should know here are the rules of the game up front. If there are violations of the of the rules, then here are the clear penalties and consequences. And right now, this whole scenario doesn't have any of that. So it, I'm going to be as curious as anybody to see how it all plays out. The one thing I, I will just share, and this is a personal example, so I think as some of your your listeners know, I, I've got a, a son who plays linebacker at a Division One university. He's at Air Force, and I talk to Grant almost every night. And so being a linebacker, I said, okay, G., um, so you're playing and you're out there on the field and your staff thinks that they have the opposing team's offensive signals. I said, how much of an advantage is that going to be? And he says, dad, I don't know how we would ever be able to incorporate it or use it because there's not enough time. So for example, that 42nd play clock, and I'm, I'm, and please listeners know, I'm not trying to alibi or, or, or uh, support. Or I'm just telling you my, 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 what my son told me last night over the phone, that with that 40-second play clock running, that most offensive teams are now going to be at the line, somewhat ready to go with 20 to 15 seconds left in the play clock. And as Grant explained, their defensive scheme is all set toward the formation that you're in and the personnel package on the field. So their, their sight adjustments that they're making just before the snap is all based on who's on the, the field for the offense and what formation are they in. Many times the offense will then go with kind of a preliminary signal because they want to see what the defense is in, and then they'll look over to the sideline and see if there's a last-minute adjustment. And Grant just says, Dad, there is no way that information could come in from the sideline in time for us to be able to get the information, much less adjust, move, know what's coming. So he says, when we feel like we know what the other team's doing, it's all based on film work during the week in terms of what personnel package is on the field and what formation they're lined up in. So I just offer that to your listeners. That is the real-life perspective of a current college linebacker. And again, because it, it's the defense, You know, if you know the other team's offensive signals, It'd be the defense that, in theory, should be able to take advantage of that. And Grant just says, Dad, I don't know how anybody would pull that off. It's not like they've got the the electronic transponders in their helmet like they do at the NFL level. Um, he just doesn't know how that would work from a timing aspect. And so then the question is, with the Michigan situation with Connor Stallion, why have him on the sidelines with what looks like a sign chart? Yeah, because by the time you you decipher what they're running, 
And by the time, you know, because the defense looks over to the sideline for their signal, and a lot of times it'll be the front or it'll be the blitz package or it'll be the the coverage. Or weren't they audible too and the quarterbacks check and look to the sidelines and yes. someone changes the play, right? And like I said, at the end of the day, Grant said, Dad, what we... And by the way, Air Force is like top 10 in the country defensively this year. Um, again, they haven't played the the Power 5 schedule uh, yet, but I mean, they, they play pretty good defense. And he said, Dad, in that last 15 seconds of the play clock, every adjustment that we're making is based on film work during the week, who's on the field for the offense, and what formation are they in. So with the NCAA rule that says no scouting of an opponent uh, at their stadium or practices in season that you're going to play them. And the wording, uh, gray area, uh, how it comes out, no penalties associated with it, which – would have been easy to say if you're busted for scouting, coach will be suspended three games and uh, the staffer. Why would you have Connor Stallion doing that if you're a hardball? And if you're the head coach and he's that good at what he does, you, you would just trust that this dude's just doing it because he studies. Yep. And he has the military background. And, you know, on his LinkedIn account for Connor Stallion, it said, you know, he. Specializes in focusing on the vulnerability of the opponent in business or sports, and I'm kind of paraphrasing. Why would you have him on the sidelines to even have him? Again, there's some common sense, which everything you said about this, going back to the last segment on allowing it, it's open. Uh, hey, and now with video and games and not only exchanging the 22 film, which is all the film and the view, yep. uh, all the views. That you you have a video team. People, another thing they haven't talked about, all these schools have at least, I'll say, eight to ten young men and women. All they do is break down tape of opponents, their tape sent to uh, the players, the coaches, future opponents. Last week, focusing on, you know, a specialized area. It is going on nonstop around the clock. It is, and it, it's... You know, Grant will just share nuggets here and there of, you know, well, here, here's the, you know, here's what we got from the video staff and in this down the distance and this formation. I mean, the, the, the hard thing now, Bill, is, is right now is with all the information that's already out there is how do you kind of boil it down and figure out what's the, the key stuff to really hone in on. Um, but like I said, I just come back to what he said. The, the whole timing element as a defensive player that, okay, if you know what they've just signaled in, because the, the, the defensive players aren't looking to the offensive sideline. Um, he just, he said, dad, I don't know how we'd get that communication in, in time for us to really be able to do much with it. So in the end, uh, I guess the big 10 integrity, uh, they're trying to hold on to, you know, wording uh, again with, the NCAA, I, I think the public doubt, ridicule of Michigan that will linger like the Astros. Sure. It, it will take a while to go away. That, to me, is the biggest punishment in this entire process. It and is. Was it by design? Leaks uh, given to Pete Thamel and other college football insiders? I, it, it To me, it looks like a hit piece on Harbaugh. I, there are elements where I don't get... You know, Stallion was a volunteer that he's on the payroll. If the reports are true about purchasing the tickets, where did he get the money? 
if there's a trail back to the coaches, I said, everyone's done. Yep. I really, I, I think, because Harbaugh's already come out and said he had no knowledge. And you know, the, when the story broke of anything. So I, and I ask this question a lot, and I've told my kids, and even I'll say it to myself once in a while, is it worth it? Great question. Before you do something, yep. is it worth it? Yep. And you look at Harbaugh and you say, okay, I get you're under fire. You weren't feeling love from the university. They cut your pay in half. You still want that NFL destination. Obviously, when he went and interviewed for the Minnesota job, which he thought he had, and a lot of people connected to Michigan thought he was going to get it, and Bill O'Brien could have been the next Michigan head coach. And now you get the cheeseburger thing, which was totally inflated in my personal opinion. And and this hits. And it hits right before Michigan-Michigan State in a primetime game on Saturday night. So State uh, changes their signs, and it still was an ugly performance. I did like what Kirby Smart said when asked about uh, <laughs> you know, his experience with one experience with Michigan – I did the sign. <laughs> and so many words, he basically said we whipped their butt. Uh, yep. Having the signs. And I, and I joked around yesterday with, obviously, then uh, Connor Stallion didn't buy tickets to a TCU game. Absolutely. And and I have this other thing that sticks with me, that Pete Thamel is reporting that, yes, on a camera phone. All right, Mark, you've been to a lot of places. You just went and watched uh, Navy – Air Force in Annapolis, you travel, follow your son, you go to college games, you're everywhere, right? I mentioned this to start the show today with David Gregory in studio. If I try and shoot a video of Superfly who's 20 feet away from us behind the glass, it won't be that good a video. So when this report says that they hired someone to stand there, stand up the entire game, with a camera phone and record the sideline or opponent sidelines or both sidelines I with a camera phone. Now, again, uh, Connor Stallion was connected to the military, black ops. Is there some secret phone and camera that enlarges everything? I don't know. No. But there, there's a lot of holes in this story. And if what is being said is true, then... What does Michigan do with Harbaugh? Now that's that to me is even if he's not connected to it, it's his program. Right? Yeah, it, it is. And so I have a, a friend of mine who's a Division three football coach, and when he made the transition from the high school level to, and again we're talking Division three football, and is now an assistant in Division three school, uh, their school had the bye week coming up, and he says in the in the staff meeting. Hey, on Saturday, I'm thinking I'll go over about a half hour to watch X versus Y, two schools in their league. And he said the whole room of coaches said, you can't do that right away. Again, somebody coming from the high school world where on-site scouting is okay. Well, they immediately. So the other part of this is, is so I hearing that story, this rule is very well known amongst college coaches. Do you know that the no uh, travel to scout rule has its origins? It's all economics. This was passed as an NCAA bylaw back in the 1990s because schools didn't want to spend the money to be traveling coaches 
to other games just to scout in person. So that's where really the whole video and film exchange industry started. And um, but no, even with again my my Division three colleague, um, the the you can't travel and scout. That rule is very well known at all levels, and you know I think that's the thing that uh, you know might be the most problematic for Michigan here at the end. Yeah, and then Harbaugh, if your if your guy was this wonder, if you didn't know he was sending people, but you're like, God, he's so good at what he does at yeah, from volunteer to fifty five thousand a year. Part of me says was the fifty five thousand a year now given to the guy to buy the tickets. Yeah, good who question. knows? There'll, there'll be a paper trail. Absolutely, there'll be text. Uh, if he had a staff email, again, I don't know these things. I, I need to see some evidence. Mm-hmm. Everybody talking in a story on Twitter, and nothing's been provided except showing Connor Stallion on a Michigan sidelines, which isn't against the rules. Okay, so nothing, and he has what looks like signs. Well, they have play charts and signs for everything. I need to see some evidence because it's Twitter. It is. It's Facebook. <laughs> Twitter has become the bastion of journalism where you can fi- fill out a sign-up sheet on Twitter with a fake name, fake photos. You can do everything can be fake. I just need to see some evidence, sure. which I'm very surprised with how deep Pete Thamel from ESPN has reported this, that he hasn't provided any visual evidence. Nothing. Not a copy of a of what uh, was bought. Because what, what happens here is a story can run rampant. We've seen it before. Duke lacrosse, right? It, you can just throw out anything on Twitter. But then when it turns out, oh, it wasn't the case. He bought the tickets. He gave them to this or did this or this. The backside of that never matches the heat of the front side. I'm not defending hardball either. I just need to see some evidence. Yep. Because he's already been convicted in the court of public opinion. Michigan football has been convicted in the court of public opinion of cheating. Yet when I hear you talk about no rules at all about scouting, none. No no published consequences. You can bring a camera. Hardball could walk in with a boombox on one arm and a camera on another. And it's not against the law if he was coaching a Michigan high school team. But now people want him to lose his job. Because we don't know if he knew what one of his guys were doing. He should have. To me, I eventually would say, hey, how are you getting this? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you doing this, Connor? But, you know, being a military man, maybe he trusted his credibility. And in the end, he'll take some repercussions if everything comes to fruition. Uh, Mark, you executive director of Michigan High School Athletic Association and studio Final segment together, I do want to get uh, your thoughts on the NIL bill for high school athletes in Michigan that has passed the House. Could it become law, and how does that affect Michigan high schools and Michigan high school student-athletes? We'll talk about that next. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. It's time to go in the huddle. 
It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of action and excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com. The second-ranked Michigan Wolverines went to East Lansing on Saturday and wound the clock back to 371 B.C., reminiscent of the Spartans' defeat to the Thebans, the Battle of Luke Truck. But this time it was Jim Harbaugh and company owning the battlefield to a tune of 49 to nothing. In fact, Michigan corner Mike Sanger still outscored the Spartans all by himself when he returned his second pick six of the season. It was the first time since 2000 either squad has been shut out in the rivalry. The Mason Blue outgained Sparty 477 to 178 and managed 28 first downs to just 10 from the green and white. Paul Bunyan remains in Ann Arbor for the second consecutive season and the fourth in the last six. The rivalry now stands at 73-38-5 in favor of the Michigan Wolverines. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he is a managing shareholder at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew at the end of the year. And with the merger, there is growth and a chance for you to fill an executive or other high-level finance-related roles, either at Bean Garter here in downtown Grand Rapids or over at the Dorn Mayhew World Headquarters in Troy or at any of their offices across the country and around the world. They have a national specialized talent pool with ideal candidates for long-term placement, ongoing support for post-placement success. So if you're looking for that next chapter in your professional career, talk to Josh Garvey and the team at Bean Garter. Easiest way, you can call Bean Garter, ask for Josh Garvey, or go to their website, B-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com, or look for Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, on Facebook and on Twitter. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's pumpkin coin toss, and you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m. And two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for Pumpkin Coin Toss. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan on an MHSAA Wednesday high school football playoffs. Begin all across the state Friday and Saturday with round one. All the brackets, everything you need at MHSAA.com. Also, electronic tickets everywhere. Correct, Mark? Right? Yes, go fan. Go fan, and, and you have the link at MHSAA.com. Every place, yes. And if you want to watch high school playoffs or afterwards on demand, go to MHSAA.tv. All right, a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago when you were in studio last time, we talked about a bill that was introduced in Lansing, uh, in the House, for name, image, and likeness 
ability for Michigan high school athletes. It has passed the House. What are you hearing? Uh, do you guys support it? Will it become law? And if so, when? And uh, how does that affect Michigan high schools? Good question. So I, I'll just say in general, I think that this is really unnecessary. Um, NIL to me makes a ton of sense at the college level because college sports is a billion dollar industry to where you have coaches and administrators making millions of dollars. Um, and I think a reasonable person can say, well, the student athletes here should be getting a piece of the action. Take this to the high school level. Most high school athletic department budgets hope to break even. Um, there are no billionaires or millionaires. The average coaching salary right now in our state is $3,870 a season. So I'm not quite sure where the action is for high school kids to get a piece of that. Um, I will say that the bill sponsor worked with us. Um, it appeared that there were a group of, of lawmakers that wanted to move Michigan over onto the list of now 30-some-odd states that do have some NIL allowances for high school kids. So because that door got opened, we were able to put in a lot of input. Um, currently, what is passed the House, and the reason that we're able um, to, to be in agreement with what the House has done, is the current bill allows for individual opportunities for individual kids. Most NIL money is made through social media. It's a, a kid who has a large social media following. A company sees that they have lots of followers, and so what they do is they say, look, we'll give you this amount of money a month, and in return you have to post with our product twice a week or whatever that is. Um, NIL is not a kid getting a certain amount of money for a touchdown pass or a three-pointer made or a soccer goal. None of that. So it's really through social media is where this is going to happen. Um, the bill is very narrow because if it's an individual kid with an individual opportunity, they're able to do that. The bill is very clear that this will not allow anyone either directly associated with the school or someone indirectly associated with a school to be part of a group. So basically, there is a prohibition against the booster club becoming a collective or the dad's club becoming a, you know, where we can now pool our money because really the line in the sand that we drew is that NIL at the high school level can never be an inducement for a kid to go to this school or a kid to stay in this school. It cannot be something that if I'm just a member of the team, that every kid on the team gets X number of NIL dollars, that absolutely cannot happen because that would undermine that level playing field. So at the end of the day, the current format of the bill is if an individual kid gets an individual opportunity, they're able to do it. And the reason that we can be supportive of this bill is I don't want Michigan to continue to, to really be out of touch and just say no, no, no at every turn. And now we have that once every 10-year kid in one of our communities, and they have a great year as a freshman, they have a great year as a sophomore. And what I never would want to happen is now that family going into their junior year says, well, we need to move out of state. We need to move someplace to where they do allow some NIL opportunities. And that's really where we're at today. Feedback from those 32 states that have something in place right now connected to high school name, image, and likeness money. The ones that were brought into the process early and have a fairly narrow law um, have said it really has not been um, an issue at all. And I don't mean to be a bubble burster here, but the number of high school kids who are going to have NIL opportunities is going to be an infinitely small number. 
infinitely small number. I'm talking like in a in a school year. Um, it, it's it's probably two hands, but real NIL money, there is just not a market. I mean, we're seeing this at the college level, this all NIL and the money is going to be flowing into all these college athletes everywhere. The the real money, it's flowing into either a handful of individual kids or it's at those places to where they have a strong collective. And, and no, with the, the current laws it, is it's build. Um, there will be a very small handful of kids that will have some of these opportunities. And those that are the, the high-profile kids and are going to be able to do that on an individual basis, uh, good for them. Do know that any of these, and the other thing that we got put into the law, is that when a kid does get one of these opportunities, it has to be reported to us. Essentially, we're going to become the clearinghouse and the approval arm for this. So we'll really be able to keep good data to get a sense of what kind of opportunities are coming about, what kind of dollars, um, because there's got to be a balance here that you'd love individual kids to those that can take advantage of this. God bless them. But what you also don't want to have happen is these opportunities. And now there's all these middle people and hangers on to where now they're really trying to exploit that young person who uh, has shown some real talent early on. So in terms of just taking this down to the high school level, this name, image, and likeness bill that has passed the House at our state capitol in Michigan could become law by early next year, possibly? Yeah, the effective, it's kind of got a long phase-in date, but now what would need to happen is it's now in our Senate, and then if it's approved by the Senate, it would then go to the governor for, for her signature, and, and that's where it would become law. You know, right now the bill was sponsored by a Democrat, and right now the Democrats control our state house, our state Senate, and the governor's office. So uh, as it's currently constituted, I, I see it passing, and like I said, with everybody in, in credit, the bill sponsor, um, we did have a seat at the table. We did get lots of input on this, even though I thought it was unnecessary. Um, we've worked effectively together, and uh, I think we'll have something in place here that that uh, everybody can live with. So a high school kid who wants to get free meals at a restaurant in a town he lives at in Michigan, it's part of an NIL deal. They have to clear it with you first, and they could do it, right? They could do it. So the proposal could come in, and... You know, we'd, again, just make sure that all the, the T's are crossed and I's are dotted. You know, the thing is, when you now start talking contracts and, and kids, you know, now are you going to have advisors involved and attorneys involved? And, you know, the bill's very specific that a school person cannot be the advisor in this. A school person cannot go out and find an NLI, an NIL opportunity for one of your kids. So, again, the what is going to be allowed is very narrow. And, and Bill, is, I'll repeat it one more time. The opportunities here are going to be for a very small percentage of kids. And where I see most of that money coming in, they're all in the social media influencer world. And I assume when we mentioned earlier, rules and punishment needs to be posted with the addition of NIL at the high school level. If it comes, you'll post what punishment will be if people violate it. Right? Correct. You violate NIL, then you're you're jeopardizing your, your status as an amateur athlete and you're really jeopardizing your eligibility. And the coach, if a coach is doing that, you're jeopardizing eligibility in state playoffs. Right? Absolutely. And we're pretty good. We don't we don't have any rules that I'm aware of to where there's no listed penalty. We don't have holding, and then we just have a question mark um, in terms of what happens when it happens. So, uh, no, we, we we really believe that we do what we say and we say what we do. And uh, Wow, that's interesting that you have bylaws that have penalties attached to the bylaws. And we try and make those as clear as possible. So that's our goal here moving forward. Mark Ewell, uh, common sense has ruled the roost 
uh, with his leadership at the Michigan High School Athletic Association. My man, thank you for the time in studio. Really good stuff today. Common sense. I'm like the Thomas Paine of my generation in high school sports. So for your historical lovers out there, they would have gotten that reference. I'm like, Thomas Paine, is he the first NIL guy? Where's he from? (laughs) Oh, my God, he's House of Pain. Get a T.O. He's unbelievable, baby. He's eating lunch down at Lulu's. All right. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, Mark Hewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We'll keep an eye on that NIL bill at the high school level if it becomes law here in Michigan. Remember all the football playoff brackets, all the fall sports playoff brackets are updated daily at MHSAA.com. That's MHSAA.com. The football Road to Detroit for your team in the playoffs. Check that out at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook. And like I mentioned today, if you want to watch the playoff games on TV, online, MHSAA.TV. Also, if you miss any of our show, just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Ladies, let's go see some men. The show, Friday, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Come meet the men of your wicked dreams for an affordable night of laughs. And maybe some mischief. Oh the boys are back in town. Tickets for 18 plus, just $25. On sale now. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan. For the one close to you and to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Huge here for the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, if you're a fan of the Pistons or the NBA, the wait is over. Pro basketball is back this week. And the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with a huge offer. New customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant win. And also with the DraftKings parlays, everybody has a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. 
Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. New customers can get that $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 on the NBA. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you sign up with code HUGE. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Time for another edition of True and Blue on the Huge Show across Michigan. Each and every week we get with incredible men and women who serve and protect on a daily basis. And today we welcome in John Gale, safety and security liaison for the Muskegon Area Intermediate School District, also retired police chief for the city of Norton Shores, 32 years in law enforcement. And John, welcome to True and Blue. Thank you for having me. Uh, your commitment over 32 years, police chief, patrol lieutenant, police sergeant, narcotics detective, patrol officer, what would be the highlight of your 32 years in law enforcement? Well, really, out of all those things, the highlight is helping kids and keeping them safe, and that's why my second career, I chose to go into school safety. Um, since Columbine and many years ago, I was called in to help the area law enforcement to help the schools figure out how to be safer. And ever since then, that's always been a passion of mine um, throughout my whole career. So where is school safety uh, compared to 10 years ago in the state of Michigan, not just on the lakeshore where you're involved with Muskegon area intermediate schools, but statewide in Michigan, where would you put school safety post-Oxford in Michigan? Well, we've come a long ways. Um, there's a lot of a lot more talk, a lot more grants that are utilized. Um, we're getting more school resource officers into buildings, which is necessary. Um, a lot of money towards building improvements, um, making sure that our schools are secure. Cameras, alarms, secure doors, window filming. Um, it's it's party right now, and, and we're seeing everybody come together to understand that we have to respond, have common language. Um, respond the same way, not each individual law enforcement agency or each individual school. We need to do it the same way throughout all of Michigan, and we're seeing that happening now. Is there something you'd like to do if you had the budget that you think would even protect our kids more in Michigan schools? Is there something missing that's needed? Well, the biggest problem always with any large incident or crisis is communication and radios and ways to communicate back and forth to law enforcement to individual buildings to each other is always the biggest issue and but it's always the most costly issue and and to try to get all our schools on the same platform as what michigan police officers are on now the 100 megahertz system would be phenomenal and we'll be we'll get there it's just going to take a lot of time and money John Gale, uh, he was given 32 years of his life to law enforcement. Uh, he is the head of safety and security 
uh, liaison for the Muskegon Area Intermediate School District, joining us on another edition of True and Blue, presented each and every week by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. You being a former chief, uh, now connected to school safety, what, what's a message uh, you would like to share with everybody across Michigan right now that they may not know about what it's like to be in law enforcement? Well, the biggest thing is, is there's been a lot of negative press, as you've seen throughout the nation, and we need to understand that most all law enforcement officers are, are family people, their dads, moms, um, they're, they're out there just doing their best. They're human beings. They're placed in tough situations every day with no time to think about it, no time to read a book on how to react. It's we need to react right now and, and make the best decision we can make. And I think uh, the public needs to support their police, as we've seen recruiting as a big deal right now. And uh, it's not getting any better because of the negative press. So if we work together to promote law enforcement, encourage our young people to think about a noble career and uh, encourage them to go into that profession because it is a fulfilling profession when you're out helping your community. John Gale has helped communities for 32 years in many roles, retired police chief for the city of Northern Shores, but his heart is connected to all those kids and parents and teachers and school personnel, safety and security liaison for the Muskegon Area Intermediate School District, protecting our children uh, every day on Michigan's West Coast. John, thank you so much for your service, what you continue to do, and if anybody's interested and becoming part of any law enforcement agency in Michigan, stop by your local police department, county sheriffs. You can go to michigan.gov if you have inspiration to be involved in state police or uh, just Google uh, law enforcement openings. Uh, John, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, John Gale checking in on another edition of True and Blue, presented each and every week on The Huge Show by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Big. Bad. Huge.